very pro-black and in practice, pro-black in practice, not just pro-black on Twitter, not just pro-black when it's time to protest, mm-hmm. not just pro-black when it's time to punish white people. Like I'm pro-black because I hire black people. I'm pro-black because I help black people get money. I'm pro-black because I married a black woman, have a black son. Tweet Talk, episode 63. Slip. This podcast is brought to you in part by investattheteam.com. We have created the official merch of Generational Wealth. You have to shift your mindset from employee to you can't fire me the boss. Always remember, no sacrifice, no reward. Hood Estates, exclusive collection available at investattheteam.com. Now back to the world's greatest podcast. Are we on the end? What it sounds like to be the best. This is a Black Wealth Podcast. Build wealth, invest, own, and close the wealth gap. It's time to break down these financial concepts with your host, Mr. Todd Meganer himself, Charles Oglesby, and Raphael Husband. Episode Steve Francis. I was going to shoot with Alan Iverson, but I think we already did that. So I was like, let's, let's see who else we can think of this number three. He had a solid career. Stevie Franchise. For those yep. of you who don't know him or don't remember him, I mean, I haven't heard anyone talk about Steve Francis in forever. Yeah. Forever. Wow, Steve Francis. He had a good. He had a very good career at Maryland. I believe it was Maryland. He was nice with the Rock, man. Steve Francis played for Houston. I forgot who he he spent most of his career with. I think he had his best years in Houston, if I remember correctly. But Steve Francis, point guard, went to the University of Maryland, had a great career. I remember I almost saw him one time at Rucker Park. I was mad. I was pissed off. I don't know if you ever heard of Rucker Park in Harlem. Yeah. Well, one I, day. I, didn't know, I didn't know it was in Harlem, but I knew it was yeah. in L.A. No, Rucker Park is in Harlem, New York. Hmm. You might be thinking of, uh, I forget the name of the program league out there. But uh, Rucker Park is in Harlem. Huh. You get see games for free, all these street ballers. Then you get NBA players that drop in from time like to time. Like Kobe. Didn't Kobe go there? Yeah, he went there one time. Iverson, I don't know, Iverson went one time. Kevin Durant, I think. Yeah, Kevin Durant. Uh, Stephon Marbury has been there plenty of times. His brother, it's, too. It, it's kind of like the Drew League in Los Angeles. Right. We have something similar where people, they come out here like uh, Chris or <laughs> James Harden, CP3, Nick Young, Lonzo Ball. They would all go out there. It's over in Watts. It's pretty dope. It's sponsored by Nike. It's a pretty cool mm-hmm. experience. I've never been because it's ghetto, and I'm not trying to die. I just I <laughs> don't think it's ghetto, man. I'm excited about that life, man. I don't know. I don't know about the Drew League, but Rucker Park, when I used to go, it used to be very safe. It was ah. kind of together, but it's free. They would pat you down, but you could come and go as you please, and it was it was always safe. It was always safe. People just came so, to have a good time. So um, I just want to say, since we're highlighting black billionaires, today is a monumental day. Raphael Tyler Perry became a billionaire, as reported by Forbes. 
Um, I want to say 1.4 billion to be exact. Um, shout out to him, man. I, I feel like the acquisition and development of Tyler Perry Studios, the actual studios, played a very big part in that. Um, of course, selling tickets and selling um, like movies that that helps. But I feel like to get to billionaire levels, it looks like it's a combination of things. And so I feel like what we should be studying, what our young kids should be studying is that. How did this young man grow up in terrible circumstances? He was molested. He uh, was abused. He was homeless. He was broke. And he rose to billionaire status. That's what our children should be learning. Why? Because they got to learn that no excuse matters. You didn't even got to make it to billionaire status. You just got to make something of yourself. And so many people, they're like, oh, well, I would, but, 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 but. And just major shout out to him. Um, I was listening to Joe Budden. I don't listen to the Joe Budden podcast, but somebody posted a clip and he was talking about how, like, there's this pivot where African-American people are talking about ownership. And it was dope that he recognized it and he saw it. Because I was like, wow, like, that's crazy. And I just, I noticed that that is the power. And Tyler Perry, um, <clears throat> on he was on a black, was it Black-ish? One of those issues. <laughs> and he gave that, that kind of like, that speech that everybody posts. And he was talking about how like, you just gotta do you, man. You gotta do you and the world will adjust and we don't need their awards. We don't need them to tell us that we're great and pat us on the head and pat us on the back. We just got to go out there and we just got to execute. And it's the stuff that I've been saying, but it's, I get it from those people. So um, Joe Budden cited Dame and I was like, people cite Dame in his interview, like it's the gospel now. But when they first heard it, they rejected it. And there was so much value and there's so much game in that. There's so much game that you can get just from Dame. I feel like you do need a combination of Dame and Jay-Z, but I just, I, I'm proud of Tyler Perry because I've always supported him. He's gotten a lot of slander. And what I found is like, I never forget I was in Vegas once when we went to go see one of the Tyler Perry movies where it was a couple's thing. And so it was me and my wife and one of my frat brothers and his wife. And my friend, he's like, uh, he's getting his degree in socialism. And like, he was like super critical of Tyler. He's like, oh man, always catching these stereotypical people and blah, blah, blah. And I caught myself being critical of Tyler Perry in that moment. And it wasn't until like I stepped away years later and was able to make an assessment for my own self that I was able to see the value in what he's doing. So it's just, it's very easy to get caught up in group think and start slandering somebody, even though you might need to be celebrated in that person. And sometimes we group slander people we should be celebrating and then we don't really celebrate them until they do hit that pinnacle. And so I'm not at a pinnacle yet, but I'm further than where I was. And I know that when my time does come to cross billionaire status, people are going to be like, yeah, man, he was always doing blah, 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 blah. And we're just going to be living our best lives. So shout out to Tyler Perry, billionaire spotlight. We got That's what we call a billionaire spotlight. Yeah, right, 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 right. You start doing that from now on. I didn't even hear about that, but that's dope. Um, yeah, I also yeah. used to be, I used to be critical of uh, Tyler Perry too, but you know what? I mean, after what, you just have to recognize people for their business acumen. You got, we got like look up, look up to our businessmen 
Well, I feel like a lot of times the criticism is bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is we just find the flaw. We see somebody doing something that's different or unique, something we've never seen before. And we're like, well, I mean, he got an address. Like, how many actors do you know that have put on a dress? Every actor. Eddie Murphy, Martin Lawrence, probably, uh, who else? Um, I, I know there's a lot. Of, I wish I could Google it. But, I mean, the biggest people that we look up to have all did it. Effing, um Martin, the whole show was him being Gina and not Gina, but uh, Shanae. People love Shanae. <laughs> they didn't dog him for that. And so it's like, why is, it, why is it different? Why? What's what's different? I, honestly, when he has on the dress, I didn't really recognize him as Tyler Perry. Like, I feel like we it, it's funny how we're so critical of stereotypes when it's like on like the main stage or whatever. But meanwhile, the whole hood is stereotypical, stereotypical as fuck. And we're not out there trying to correct them. If we correct them, then it's like, oh, you're being judgmental, oh, respectability. So it's like, why is it respectability when we're getting millions, but we're not supposed to correct them when they're broken and disheveled? If I go go somewhere and I tell somebody to clean yourself up and pull your pants up, now I'm anti-black. But criticizing somebody who is doing what he wants to do and making billions doing it is an issue. I feel like I don't I feel like our criticism isn't isn't fair. I think our criticism is just another way to crap people out. Like, I think that's what it is. I was talking to somebody and he was like, oh well, I mean, yeah, I understand the post, but you didn't give him credit. Like who when did you become the motherfucking social media marketing police? Like you did it. People I lost a lot of people when I really came up. Like people, when I really came up, people stopped fucking with me. Like I lost permanent mm-hmm. friendships. I permanently don't fuck with a lot of people anymore. People that I used to fuck with. Like we just don't rock anymore. Um, there's a one dude named Ethan. He was a part of everything I've done. And I saw him like click and like on one of the things that B Real Estate posted. Um, who else? Of course, Josh, me and Josh was cool. I actually had a conversation with Josh like a few days ago. I was like, when did we become permanent enemies? I was like, you were just in downtown LA like three months ago. I bought you dinner. And now you're like coming at me on Twitter. I was like, what changed? I was like, it's very interesting how people flip on you when you make a bag. And it has nothing to do with you. It has everything to do with them still comparing themselves to you. Wow. Hmm. I don't know about that one. I mean, when I said I don't know about that one, I can't really speak on that one. It's kind of weird, but I would I would say, as far as the Tyler Perry situation goes, uh, a few takeaways for me is like one thing: uh, focus on your craft. Even though some people would say he he's not exactly the most talented writer, but he he does it every day. He puts in the work. He puts in the work. You know, he 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 t- he, he puts out the product consistently. You know, I think with you, what you were saying about building the studios. It's like this this whole thing that we're talking about building black wealth is more about just getting cash. Getting cash money is not the end all be all. That's not what it's all about. Not just cash. You gotta build something, you gotta create something that's gonna last. I mean, those studios could stay, still be standing when he's long gone. He created jobs, you know, there's other families that are getting put on because of him. 
100%. And I think that's the power of ownership is the people that you can put on. It's not even about getting rich. It's about the people that you can put on, the people that you can help, the people that you can fund and allow to work in a place where they're celebrated, not where they're tolerated. And that's why, like, that's that's one point. The other point is that quality doesn't matter when you're the owner. Quality and perfection matters when you're an employee and they're trying to keep you down and they're trying to keep you out. They use perfection to keep you down or keep you out. Oh, we can't give, give you this promotion because you're not perfect. Meanwhile, they're over here promoting Billy Bob, who people know he sucks, but they just do it because he's one of them. Or perfection is how they keep you out. Oh, your test scores aren't high enough. Oh, your GPA is not high enough. Oh, you didn't go to the right school. Oh, you didn't come from the right family. So you can't come here because you didn't go to the right school. And entrepreneurship allows you to not be perfect. You want to know why? Because ain't none of us perfect, man. Entrepreneurship is the path to wealth for the average person. I put out stuff and my content is not perfect and I got rich. You don't got to be perfect to get rich. You don't. And I feel like that's just what they sell to us. They sell to us that the reason why isn't because of your skin color, isn't because of anything, it's because you're not perfect. But nobody's perfect, Wallet or uh, Raphael. It doesn't exist. But they can always use it because it's anything but race. Oh, it's not race, and so therefore, uh, it's not because of that. You didn't go to the right school. Like, no, fuck you. Why didn't I go to the right school? Oh, because my parents weren't rich. Huh. I was thinking about that today. I was like, <laughs> where you go to school has more to do with the success of your parents or your grandparents than it does have to do with your abilities. People go to the right schools, they teach them the right stuff, they get them into the right schools, and then people celebrate them. And so that is motivation for those who didn't go to the best school to know that you can get it too. You don't gotta go to Harvard or Stanford to get like big money. You just gotta put something out there and refine it and create something and, and be willing to hang your hat on production. Tyler Perry is successful because he's a creator, he's a doer. He created Medea. That's why he's wealthy and he owns Medea. And then also he found ways to strategize and to refine what he was doing. And so if you guys don't know Tyler Perry's story, he was putting out plays and putting out plays. And then what he started doing is he started getting like the local celebrities. And so he was getting like the local gospel stars and he was started casting them in his plays. And when he started doing that, then he got a following. Then the line was wrapped around the thing because they weren't just coming for him. And that's an entrepreneurship gem in itself. Like it shouldn't be about you being the superstar. The Thai capital options community is the best business I have. I don't put out no call outs. I don't do no Q and A's. I don't do any um, fucking whatever. I'm the synergistic glue that keeps it all together. And that's what you're supposed to be. People expect me to be LeBron James of business. No, I got to be the mind that hires LeBron James. Phil Jackson, Dan Gilbert in the flesh. Right. I was thinking about this too. I was like, if the Knicks want to win a championship, the owner doesn't suit up and go on the floor. No, he finds Ooh. some players and he sends those players out to go hoop for him. And that's how a business should be. I shouldn't be out here trying to be the CEO. I should hire a CEO. I shouldn't be out here trying to be the best property manager, the best construction manager, the best. No, I'm recruiting players. I want to put together that super team, that LeBron James squad, because he always has to build a super team to win. I want to do that. I'm going I'm to be like LeBron James. Here. Let me get me Anthony Davis. But unfortunately, what you'll find is a lot of dudes don't want to do that in business. And I've tried to do it in business, and I've only had success when I brought in women. Every single woman on my team is just dope. Every single woman. Every, 
Michelle, dope. Sierra, Paris, dope. Sheridan, dope. Layla, dope. My mom, dope. My wife, dope. And so sometimes if you want to put together that LeBron James squad, I know that basketball is a men's sport and WNBA doesn't get too much play, but you might need to build you a WNBA team to really ball. (laughs) (laughs) The WNBA team of business. Never heard that one before, that's for sure. Neither do you gotta recruit the players, top players. You know, I gotta dispute this whole uh, LeBron needs a super team all the time. If you when you look at even when you look at uh Miami, that's where everybody mainly points to. Well, who did he really have? Dwayne Wade, Chris Bosch, and Chris Bosch. Well, that's Ray it. Allen. Ray Allen was washed, not washed yeah. up, but he was yeah. over the hill. Ray Allen was over the hill by that time. Yeah, Birdman. Birdman. Yeah, Richard, Je- yeah, Richard Jefferson. Over the hill. He had, uh, well, they stacked that squad. They might have stacked it with some vets, but they stacked it. Yeah, two like, people, man. I mean, it was fun to watch. I really enjoyed watching that LeBron era. Him and D-Wade, it was just fun. They were always kicking it together, yeah. always good friends. But... He built a super team. And granted, I mean, in that era, I think you had to kind of build a super team because you're competing with, like, the Celtics, I believe. Um, or was that was that era? No, the Celtics super team was yeah. the Kobe team. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 you're right, you're right. The Celtics is um, Kevin, Kevin Garnett, Ray Allen, and Paul Pierce. Had that, that era. So, but I just, I just feel like, I mean, LeBron James is LeBron James. I think it's, it's just funny because – if he was so great, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. Not hey, even to the hey, playoffs. What do you mean, the Lakers? The Lakers didn't even make the playoffs last year. Oh, I didn't pay attention. And they got Anthony Davis, superstar. Mm-hmm. They got they kept Kuzma. They got Dwight Howard. They oh, got uh, who else do they have? Oh, um, I mean, honestly, they're gonna get whooped by the Clippers. It doesn't really matter. Like the Clippers have a better squad. The Clippers squad is nice, Raphael. That Clippers squad, we got everybody. We got everybody back healthy too. I think Patrick Beverly's back. Patrick Beverly, Lou Will, Lou Will. We got Kawhi, Paul George. He's learning how to hoop in the in the off season or playoffs. Man, postseason rather. I'm very optimistic, but I think that LeBron James does not function well for you unless he has a bunch of talent around him. Well, first of all, he took that that uh, cast team, that script, yeah, that scrub team that had nobody on it. He took them to the finals. He lost in the finals, but still, just getting to the finals to me was a lot. I'm not even a LeBron fan. And if you're thinking about it, Jordan, to me, it was the same thing with Jordan. Jordan had Pippen and, and Horace Grant, or Pippen and and Dennis Rodman. He had two Hall of Famers on his team. And then some other rope is same way LeBron, no difference to me. It's all the same thing. Can't win by yourself. Fam, I hear you, but I don't think that Michael Jordan did it to that level. I don't even think Kobe did it to that level. Like Kobe, it was him and Shaq. Mm-hmm. Okay. But even when it was like the Kobe and Gasol days, like Gasol, what did he do after he left? Nothing. What did Pippen do after he left? Nothing. They'll do nothing. Oh, that's not true. Pippen, had, uh, Pippen was a superstar. After he, no, he wasn't. 
Yeah, he, was last, he was a bitch player. He didn't no, start. If it was the best player in the NBA, then Jordan retired for a son. That's a lie I told on Twitter. <laughs> Speaking of Twitter, let's get into these tweets. Right. That's what people tune in for, man. We over right. here. Talk about basketball. That's not what we do. What That's we do here mean. on this show, listening audience, is that we take tweets and we dissect them and expand on them. And we talk about building black wealth. And Charles, <laughs> Mr. Featured in Forbes himself, you had a tweet where you said, when you are the boss, you can hire folks. When you work for the boss, you are the person they hired, so you better get to slaving. <laughs> I just, I, I, it's funny because, like, on my job, or my business, I delegate stuff. If something needs to get done, I delegate it out. I'm like, get this done. I got people. But on the job, it's like I get delegated to the like, oh, we need this done, get Charles to do it. You are the people. Right. And it's it's difficult when you wear two hats at the same time. It's difficult when you're the boss in one space and you have employees, and then you work in a business where you are the employee. So it's frustrating. And so I think it's just empowering to be the boss, to be the person, to, to be the general to be the person that tells people they need to get things done as opposed to just being like a whipping boy. Um, I don't know what's happening with my job right now. Um, we're supposed to have a conversation, but I don't think they want to fire me. I'm va- I'm too valuable in that space. Like I'm really like next level. They need me and they know they need me. And so they're not going to let me go. But what frustrates me is that I'm not really getting the support to leave um, and I told my wife, I was like, you just got to trust that I'm going to do what I'm, what I say I'm going to do. Like sometimes when in my, like in my marriage, like I will say like, people don't believe you until you do it. Mm-hmm. And I keep like, what's really frustrating is I have a long track record of always doing what I say I'm going to do, but people still don't believe you until you do it. And so unfortunately you can't, you can't operate like that. You can't, you can't operate in a life where you need all the lights to be green or you need the plan to be laid out in front of you to move forward and progress. It's like MLK says, it's like you got to take that first step without seeing the whole staircase. And so the thing that my wife doesn't understand, and I don't know why, maybe she doesn't get it, but it's like you don't leave a job to make less money. You don't work a job to make you don't work, you don't run a business to make job money. And so that's all I was telling her. She's starting her business. I was like, we're not doing this for you to make job money. We're doing this to turn it into a million dollar, dollar business. So what does that look like? That looks like we're going to have layers of products. We're going to have layers of services. We're going to have to blast social media. We're going to have to run promotion. We're going to set up all these different channels. And so <clears throat> I think that my job wants to keep me the thing is that I always tell people like the number one thing that I, I lose is my time. I made $20,000 today on the internet and actually I made even more. I made $20,000 through core sales. I made $9,000 on an investment trade. I can afford to not go back to that job mm-hmm. and I can afford to not go back for a long time if I ever had to go back. And it's just funny seeing, seeing these numbers because I was listening to old, I listened to like episode 30 and I was like, yeah, I made like a couple thousand last week. 
And so it's just funny because um, I want, I can't wait to listen to this and like that number seems small. So mm. it's like, listen to this in like six months. And it's like, yeah, that's not no money, man. What you talking about? And so we're adding more products, we're adding more courses, we're taking our business more serious. Um, but at some point in time, you got to leave that job um, because it does something to you mentally when you're constantly being like the low man on the totem pole especially when you're greater and you, you can do greater things, but they're just not going to allow you to get there for whatever reasons. So you got to create it yourself. You got to create the spaces that you can win in. I told somebody I had to create the business I wanted to work for. And that's what I did. Yep. So you said the key to wealth is having enough money to retire. I still busting your ass, creating things and running it up. Such a bar, man. Um, so speaking of quitting jobs, I was like, the book is called Retire Yourself, Get Rich, and Then Get Rich. And so I was thinking about this. I was like, retirement doesn't necessarily have to be permanent. Like if you have enough money to cash you for 10 years, that still gives you some time to do some dope stuff. And that's one piece of that. But then I also was thinking about how, like, I'm in a position now where, like, I, like, everything I make is just icing. All the money I make is just like, cool, this is great. Now I got more money to invest. And I started to realize, like, that's wealth. My psychology of investing is way different now. I told people I bought Tesla and Apple, and I don't care if it doesn't hit until six months from now, or six years from now, rather, 10 years from now. I got the time to wait. I got the money to wait. I got the ability where it's like, I'm not investing my trip money. And I'm like, if this hits great, if it doesn't, I got to pull it out to take care of whatever I got to take care of. Like, no, I got more than enough. So um, that's one piece is just having the patience and the, and the resources to wait, but also knowing that you're still young, you still got your time. You still got your mind. You can still be out there creating and doing stuff. And at that point, everything is icing on the cake. And so the thing about it that's interesting is people always like laid like if you are somebody who just gets handed a million dollars, then it, you're probably going to quit your job. But if you're somebody who worked to get to a million dollars, you're probably going to double time your efforts. And so that's kind of my space. I'm like, okay, we made it. This is great. I can't never really go back broke unless I go really crazy and do something stupid. And so let's see what we can do on top of this. Let's see, like that's wealth. Wealth is just keep going. Keep putting those crazy long weeks. What else can we run it up to? Then we're, then it's just putting points on the board at that point. It's not even like I'm trying to feed myself. It's like, I made, I made this much money today, cool. You're not even doing it for the purpose of like obligations anymore. And I feel like that is powerful. Wealth, I heard this quote, and I think that's kind of a big part of where this, where this came from. And it's like, being poor is having less money than most people. Being rich is having most money, more money than most people. And being wealthy is having more money than you need. And so it's like, if I can get to the point where I just keep earning more money and more money and more money, and the house is paid for, the car is paid for, and I know I like I calculated all this stuff because I thought I was not going to be working my job. I started working right on the board. I was like, how much do I spend a month in food? How much do I spend a month on utilities and all those other expenses? Like I needed to really figure it out because I needed to figure out how much passive income that I needed. And I had this whole chart and then I had like the, the living expense in there. 
And I was like, let me just cross this out because if we buy the house in cash, I don't got to worry about that. And then I realized like, I don't really need that much money to live. I might need like a thousand dollars a month. Like we're going to spend like what, 500 bucks a month in groceries, no car, no, got insurance, got the other stuff. It's like, I, I don't need much money to live. I was like, that's kind of crazy when you think about that. That mortgage expenses, your livelihood, that they take so much money from you. Anything you could do, do that right, roughly a thousand a month if you get rid of that the house expense? I would I wouldn't want to, but I think I could. Yeah, I mean um, you don't want to you, you want to live it up a little, but at, at least we don't Well, I'm talking I'm talking like bare minimum. Right. And right, the right. reason why I did that is because I was trying to calculate like like the goal isn't to only make a thousand dollars a month, Raphael. Of course not. The goal is to know that I could survive off a thousand dollars a month. Mm-hmm. And so anything that I make off of that is just excess. But the goal is to always have the excess. Right. It's like worst case scenario, business gets slow. I could drive Uber and survive because the house is paid off. Right. I'm just saying like, it's like you say, it's amazing how, how little you really need if you get rid of that big housing expense. A thousand a month. Like if you had a job that paid you a thousand a month, you'd be like, man, I'm poor. Like, right. honestly, you're poor. Pretty much in the United States of America, at least. But um, that's that's how, how crazy that's how that's how big an expense housing is. And people act like you're crazy to buy a house in cash. Mm-hmm. You could be invested in the market or invested in assets or some other crap. Like they just be talking, man. And repeating uh, Robert Kiyosaki that a house is not an asset because it's not paying you, it's taking money out of your pocket. Yeah, but very. if you buy it in cash, it's not taking that much money out of your pocket. And it's, made, it's saving you money. So sounds pretty good to me. Sometimes you got to hear smart people say stuff and do what you want to do. Because smart people will talk you out of opportunities. Um, Somebody posted something there like, man, it's people who really got talked out of life-changing opportunities by listening to the noise. I've doubled certain investments. I was looking at my investment in, I think, Royal Caribbean Cruise Line. I made 100% on that investment. 100%, Rafael, on a company that people are like, don't buy that, dude. Don't buy Royal Caribbean. It's a cruise line and it's COVID. Don't buy it. I was like, that's exactly what I'm buying. Uh-huh. And so it's like, if I hear an expert say, don't buy a house in cash, I'm just like, that's some dumbass shit. If I buy this house in cash, I told my wife, I was like, wife, if we buy a house in cash, you'll literally never have to work again in your life. Mm. Not like, okay, I'm just not going to work for three to five years. No, you never got to work again, ever. Right, right. Like the house is paid off now. Whatever I make, that's what we take care of everything. I started to look, I was like, okay, the property taxes are this much, insurance is this much, because you still gotta pay that shit. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, that's like 10,000 a year. Food is this much. The great thing is our house is gonna be on solar, so we don't gotta worry about electricity. Nice. Because quite honestly, we're gonna pay that. Like if you buy the house in cash, you pay for the solar in cash. You can't finance that. Um, and so I just, it's, it's so powerful. And then not only that, Raphael, is a half a million dollars in cash, a half million dollar house isn't a half million dollar house if you finance it. Right. If you finance a half million dollar house, you're probably paying about $800,000. Right. 
for that same house, the same house. So that means, and that's why I put out that tweet and I was like, I understand why wealth people buy things in cash now, because I, why would I pay you $70,000 for a $50,000 car when I can just pay you $50,000 and keep the 20,000? Like yeah. it doesn't make any sense. The same yeah. thing is true with credit cards. Like why would I carry a credit card balance and pay you 20% on this when I could just buy it in cash? It doesn't make any sense. I don't buy anything on a credit card anymore. Everything mm-hmm. is cash. If I want it, it's in cash. Mm-hmm. I'm not, oh, cause like, I feel like credit cards are like a, a crutch. People right. use them to get to where they can't go. They don't, mm-hmm. it's, it's using, using anything, paying interest. It's like, there's a quote that says like compound interest, people who understand it, earn it. And people who don't understand it, pay it. Mm-hmm. And then what people understand compound interest and they understand, think about it. If I'm paying you on my mortgage, three to 4%, on a half million dollar house, I'm paying you $20,000 a year just in interest. For the first 15 years, you didn't even got no damn um, principal pay down. You'll look up 15 years later, 15 years is a long time. 15 years, son will be on his way to college. And we out here like, yeah, one day we're gonna make a dent in this principal. You paid them $300,000 and you still owe as much as you took out. You sell that house, you still gotta give them a half million dollars. It's financially ignorant to finance something that you could buy in cash. It's ignorant. It doesn't make any sense. And only somebody who doesn't have the alternative is gonna tell you any different. They just they don't have they're not qualified to even give you that opinion. They don't have the ability. Right. Hating from outside of the club, man. Hating from outside of the club. What's funny though is you're saying like, why would I pay seventy thousand for something that costs fifty thousand when I could just pay fifty thousand in cash? The funny thing is I mean, you have cash, you can actually get a discount a lot of times. Right. You flash that money in front of the in their face and say, I'll take it right now if you give me a little discount and you get it because they get their money right there and there. They don't have to worry about your defaulting, missing payments. They have to worry about your credit. Just get the money right, right then and there. And it's funny, what you said before is um, sometimes you can't, you can't listen to smart people because smart people will talk you out of something for the listeners just make sure that smart person isn't yourself hmm. talking you out of stuff that you should be doing that will benefit you and your family you know anyway moving on charles you said workers win because all haters do is talk they talk we work we win because we put the effort in where all they do is talk I just, it's, it's funny because every time that I run into hate, I elevate. And so I had that, that realization this morning when I was looking at our and uh, Thai Capital Options community numbers. And we are at, last I checked, about 4,500 and some change. I think we might be at like 4,600. And we had a crisis at about 3,500 members. And so we had like 3,500 members and people got mad. I, they saw a tweet that I posted and they're like, I can't believe Charles said, don't talk to him if he doesn't follow you. He's a jerk. I'm leaving. And so like they posted it in there and they tried to like rile the troops up and they tried to make people upset. Um, and we, and then like we had like this big blow up and somebody kept sharing more tweets. Like they're trying to like drag me in my own community. And so um, I ended up losing like, my my admins they kind of like freaked out and they're like oh my god like 
what are we going to do? They're going to end the whole club. They're going to take the whole club down. Oh, my God. And we lost like 250 people. And we proceeded to gain 1,000 people. We went from 3,500 to 4,600. And so we'll be touching 5,000. And so people can say what they want, but all I do is work, man. All I'm going to ever do is work. And the Bible says it. It says mere mere talk leads to poverty, Mm. but hard work leads to prosperity. And so I don't do too much talking. I I was, I don't, the idea stuff, the going back and forth, thinking about these grand master. I don't think I don't do that. I'll be working. I'll be producing. People see us creating and putting stuff out out there. That's work. You guys can sit over there. You can talk about how smart you are, but we're going to put out some product. We're going to put out some work. We're going to actually apply that to something tangible instead of just talking. And so people pop up and they can tweet whatever they want to say. Tweeting is easy but I'm gonna put work behind what I say. I'll put work behind the hate. You hate, and I'm gonna create a conference call for MVPs. I'm gonna create a conference call on Sunday. I'm gonna make sure I am more present in my community because I wasn't able to be as present as I wanted to be. And so I am more present, I am sharing ones, I am doing stuff like that. Um, And so I took the criticism on the chin, but we had a situation where there was some recklessness and so there was some negativity so the people that shook the trees and left were people that needed to leave anyway. And so I didn't tell my admins this, but I was like, the people who leave are people who should have been gone in the first place. We only want people who, who get down with the vibe of this community. And the vibe of this community has only been support. And that's support for, for not just myself, that's support for everybody in this community. If you are, um, if you're asking a question, if you make a mistake, we only are here to support. And so if somebody will attack me, they'll attack anybody in there. And so that's why the haters expose themselves. And I tell people, I'm like, if somebody, if you see somebody who sees somebody that wins and their response is to attack it, get away from them because you're next. And if you aren't next, they're probably going to keep you from being next. And they might not do it actively. They might do it by not giving you information that could help you. They might do it by not supporting you when they could support you. Mm-hmm. And so you got to get around somebody who's a crab, get a, get away from people who are crabs. If you join in and you think that it's just like, no, we're just attacking Charles now. No, look at their timeline. They attack everybody. That's their MO. So you are basically giving yourself a, a death sentence. And that's why I'm happy that I have lost some permanent friendship because a lot of them weren't adding value anyway. Some people come around me just to extract. And I can tell if you come around and then I see you off doing something that I was doing, you weren't there with the right intention in the first place. You were there because you wanted to be me, not because you wanted to help me. And I don't I don't get down with that stuff, man. I would rather than be gone anyway. And so I've lost some friends for a good reason. It's funny because I was going to say this other tweet that you had. You said, one of the best things you could do for me is doubt me. Um, anybody who doubts me gets hit upside the head with some success. Um, and that, that's just the way I do things. And I realized that even on the job, I was in the situation, I was at work today and I got an email and it was from one of the attorneys and it had CC everybody in there. And like, it was a long CC. I didn't get a chance to see it until the end where it said Charles question mark. And so I scrolled down and one of the attorneys that I work with, he had made a comment like, oh yeah, I gave Charles this two weeks ago and it hasn't been done yet. And 
just like 10 minutes before the paralegal had dropped it on my desk and she was like, Hey, can you get this done? And I responded to that thread. I was like, actually, I just got this 10 minutes ago, but I'll have a draft for you before I leave today. And something like that is something that's not going to actually like, it's a, that you could, you could spend a few days on a project like that, but I buckled the fuck down and I got it done. And after I sent that email, then the paralegal was like, Oh yeah, I just gave that to Charles Ian gave it to me like two weeks ago and it sat on my desk, blah, blah, blah. He tried to throw me under the bus and ended up getting cake on his face and then got even more cake on his face. Cause I finished it. And I feel like a big part of the reason why I haven't really been performing on the job that much is because I haven't really had the pressure. I thrive when people doubt me. I thrive when people say that I can't do something. I thrive when people say that I'm wrong. Every time I post a stock and somebody says it's wrong, I can't wait to throw it in their face. I posted Red Robin and some guy was like, why would you buy that stock? It's this, it's that. And I got 15% in a week. I was like, I can't wait to show you this. AMC. I said, I'm buying AMC. Why would you buy that? I dumped my money in a week. I don't know why I do it. I wish I didn't. I wish I, I wish I could just have support up front. I don't want to do that. I want, I want to be like, I'm going to do this. And they're like, cool, where are we going? Where are we going? Let's, what's next? And that's what you get from women. And that's why you make a lot of progress with women. Because um, I shouldn't have to debate everything. In fact, I was having a conversation with somebody. I forgot who it was. And it was too much back and forth. I say something, you got some of your opinion. I don't give a fuck about your opinion. I don't care. We need to execute on this. You came to me because I know what I'm doing because I've had success. There should be no back and forth. That's a problem. Like Chris tells me to do something. I don't tell Chris what I think. I listen and I take steps on what he told me to do because I don't know what Chris knows. Success people tell me something, I don't question it. And so that being said, I just have a long track record of, of, of doing the things that I say I'm going to do despite resistance. And I feel like that helps me. You tell me that I can't, I'm going to prove you wrong. And I'm going to be more motivated than ever to prove you wrong. And it just puts a chip on my shoulder. So you also said crazy that my financial education provides for multiple people. Not just me. It was that was a shot at the anti-degree people. Everybody's like, ah oh, man, degrees, blah blah blah, degree, degree, degree. Mm-hmm. And I was like, my son lives very well off of my financial education. My wife lives very well off of my financial education. My degree provides for my family, not just for me. But there's this common theme that everybody thinks that a degree is only good for one person. Granted, the only reason why my degree provides for my family is because I took that degree and turned it into a business as opposed to just turning it into a job. Because people out here making six figures, they ain't making six figures. They're making about, I mean, they make six figures, but they don't take home six figures. They probably take it home like, I don't know, 6,000 a month, 7,000 a month. You can't take care of two people for $7,000 a month, three people, three people up to $7,000 a month. Maybe you can't, I don't know. Maybe Raphael could tell me. Um, I just, I feel like the reason why I said it is because it was really just to push back against the anti-degree folks. Um, the financial education that I have expands way broader because your ideas are so broad. I was driving home because I was really in the mindset of not going back to my job today. I thought today was it. And I started looking at it and I was like, I got a motherfucking empire. 
I own about 15 vending machine stops in Los Angeles. We own five single family homes in Detroit. Both. We're in the process of now we're going to start renovating our three unit. So I, told, I gave him the green light on that. We're going to gut it, put electric electricity and plumbing in it, all that good stuff. And so we'll have three more units. Both. I'm like, Acquiring four units, and we still have a duplex that we can do some work on. How many units is that? That's five, three, four. That's 12 units, plus the vending machines, plus the options community, plus all this other stuff. And not only that, I'm able to pay my wife a salary now. And so, and so it's like I pay my wife, and I pay my son, and I pay myself. And it's all from up here, it's all the financial education. It's nothing else. It's not even the legal education. I think the legal education helps me understand things analytically, but my financial education allows me to create money as opposed to working for money. And so I create ideas. Those ideas can be monetized. Now I just created some money. If I need some more money, I create the money. I don't go work for it anymore. I've done my working for money stuff, but I don't work for money anymore because what they pay me at the job ain't, that, I, that ain't, that ain't money. Well, tell us about you guys. You just dropped the uh, new course, right? Uh, Advanced options. Man, it's a powerful course. Um, It's actually taught by Wale. Um, It's not taught by me. Um, But he's going over different strategies to help people, um, like different spreads, butterflies, charts. It's a good kind of like add-on to the original options course. Because I kind of go over the fundamentals. So he doesn't even waste time going over the fundamentals. He just assumes that you already know the basics. Um, granted, the basics are helpful in itself. Um, but we just kind of just take it to the next level. We get people even more rounded uh, experience. And it's fairly priced like everything. We could have put this course and charge $500 for it or $1,000. There's people out here who would charge to teach you this stuff. They're going to charge you big bread. And we let it go for $40. Uh, we might take it back up to 97, but we've just been kind of running it as is. Um, people have been buying it up, and it, it, it was a good weekend. We did very well selling that course. I think we might have sold the entire weekend. <clears throat> I'm going to find out. I'm going to tell you what's going on. We sold 1,638 copies of that course so far. Wow. That's crazy. From Friday until Tuesday in four days. Killing it, man. Massive, man. Congrats, brother. It, it, it doesn't mean anything until it turns into the until we get the type of success we got off of the original options course. And so that's what we're aiming. We haven't run any actual uh any actual um <clears throat> like ads yet. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. I feel very lazy. That's happening <laughs> in the job, you can't even do shit. Yeah, it sucks up so much of your time and energy. Mm-hmm. Fuck these jobs. That's why I was late tonight, but anyway. Don't even want to talk. Don't even want to talk about it. I'm exhausted right now. You can always come to Thai Capital. You already are Thai Capital. Thai Capital is an army. (laughs) Don't think it's not just Charles. Thai Capital is an army. Making moves. Making moves. 
visit GetLacedLaces.com. Do your sneakers look just like everyone else's? Could your sneakers use an upgrade? Be sure to slide on down to GetLacedLaces.com and grab some premium laces. These laces will make your sneakers stand out, guaranteed. That's www.GetLacedLaces.com. Premium shoes need premium laces. Go get yours now. You can also connect on social media at Principal P DMC. I was about to ask you was what's in what's in store for Talk Capital for the rest of 2020? Because you have a tweet. You said, I want the more expensive properties and the more expensive stocks. <laughs> Man, um honestly, I think we just want to get as many doors as possible. Um I don't think I'm gonna mess with the semi trucks just because it just seems like, I don't want to get a truck that I can't drive. Like it just seems like a big hassle. They're attractive and I love looking at them. They're so cool to look at, but I, I think we're kind of avoid the semi trucks. Um, no. And just focus on the real estate. Um, focus on the real estate, focus on the cash flow. I was thinking about this. I was like, man, like we need more doors than we think we need. Like, you don't want to try to squeeze all the value out of the little doors that you have. Mm-hmm. You want to be in position so that if you're only pulling like 200 to 300 bucks out of the door, you can still maintain the door. So if I have a hundred doors and I'm getting 300 bucks out of those doors, now I'm bringing in $30,000 a month. I'm okay with that. But if I have 20 doors or 10 doors, now I'm over here like deciding on whether I want to like, really be a dope landlord. <laughs> right, 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 right. So um, I want to continue to do that. Um, for the most part, that's what I use the options community money for is just to expand the real estate portfolio. Like I don't live out of that money. I invest that money. And so I take gumroll money, I put it in stocks, I put take options money, and I put it inside of real estate. I'm a very investor minded person. Like people see me like, man, you just wore that green polo last week, you rich. I don't care about that shit. I care about wealth and I care about wealth, not for the stuff. I care about wealth for their protection. I care about wealth knowing that they could fire me tomorrow and nothing would change. Um, I might improve. I might actually elevate. I might make even more money. Um, so for me, that's what I'm building up the cash flow for. That's why the St. Louis South are getting acquired because we need some cash flow. Um, that's what we're going to start putting money into this, uh, steel property. It should be about a $50,000 rehab, but when it's done, that's three doors paying more cash flow. The Brown place is like a 30,000, $40,000 rehab, but it's a duplex. It's more cash flow. And so I'm taking cash, creating cash flow because the cash flow is permanent and I need permanent money. And I can't guarantee that these people are going to continue to love me, man. So I got to take this fast money and turn it into forever money. So that's kind of my focus is fast money to forever money more stocks, more REITs, more courses. So my bread and butter, honestly, is selling my knowledge. So I got the REIT course dropping. I'm going to work on an affordable real estate investing course. I can tell people how we buy affordable properties because I'm not going to take that for granted. Just assume everybody knows how to do it. Um, I was thinking about creating a course on branding. I was thinking about creating a course on podcasting. I was thinking about creating a course on creating content for social media. Mm -hmm. I can pretty much create a course out of everything. Um, and turn it into a university while also aggregating other people's courses. So now that I've had success, 
people are bringing their stuff to my platform because they have more success selling it through me than they would have selling it through themselves. And so interestingly enough, that was always my goal. My goal was to be a university, Thai university. I had the moniker and the logo and everything. But what I found is I had to create the content. I wanted other people to bring me their content and they, they didn't work out like that. I had to create the content. Sometimes you've got to lead the way. Like I don't, I personally, I don't think Tyler Perry even wants to act in his plays and all this stuff. He just did it because it's like we need a we need a star player. I'm about to be the star player for this moment, and you build it up by being a star player, and then you back up about it. So that's kind of how I did the options community. That's how I'm trying to get my other businesses to be. So no more uh, twenty thousand dollar homes. Um, I'm not against twenty thousand dollar homes. I'm really not. Um. I'm not. I am looking for larger assets. I would like to do a deal locally. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one thing I'm looking at. But I'm not. I'm not against twenty thousand dollar homes. Um, I just need. I need more of them, not right. less of them. Right. 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 You got. You only got. You only got one penny, and you broke. But you got a thousand pennies, and you might be kind of happy. Are you still? Are you still? Uh... Looking to do t- Capitol Towers in Detroit, man? Are you so sour on Detroit? Nah. You, you kind of want to stay local, man. Right. Uh, um, if I do something that big, I want to do it local. I want it, I want it to make sense. It's just tough to do something like that when you work a job. You can't right. even think at that level. And so really the biggest reason why the job is a dilemma is because they push back the closing on the house. Um, if they had not pushed back the closing on the house, I would have closed in the house. I would have quit the job. I'll be going on with my life. But they decided they wanted to push it back. And that fucked up everything. It really did. And so now it's like, it's a dilemma. It's just really not a fun situation to be in. But I don't believe in no win situation. So I'm going to win either way. We're going to move forward. Yeah, they can't. You said wherever you live, man. You can't. You said something earlier about not, you having a, such an investor mindset now. Whoa, breaking out the big bottle. It's kind of uh, sweet though. It's good, but it's kind of sweet. I got a lot, I got a lot of class A for my birthday. I got this, and then Sierra and them bought me these, those two bottles. The other bottle of class A that I have, I don't drink that. It's just like I'm gonna, it's just it's cool though. I like this. It's just kind of fly, just be existing in my space. Just for, yeah, decoration. Yeah, people drinks. give me nice stuff, man. Somebody sent me this this hustle journal, you know. Mm-hmm. Man, they be looking out for you, boy. Shout out to the shout out to all the people that look out for me. Well, I was, I was saying uh, you were talking earlier. You, you mentioned earlier that you have such an investor mindset now, and then you were just talking about being at a job. It's hard to think on a big enough level. You talk talk. Can you talk a little bit more about? being able to think at a high enough level to, to generate wealth, build wealth? Um, I think you have to get out of your way, man. I never forget when I used to work in banking and I was in charge of investment sales and I would always find a way to not get the sale. I would always find a way to like not get it. I realized that in order for, I just had to get out of my way. I had to stop being afraid of success. Because I feel like in some ways we're afraid of success because we believe it's going to change us. Mm. And so 
I, I feel like that's kind of one of the things that you have to do. Um, I think another thing that you have to do is you got to let certain things go to focus on the things that scale you. One of the things I don't really do too much of is customer service. I don't even respond to DMs anymore. My only responsibility is advertise, 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 promote, promote, promote. Mm. And so that's one of the things that I do. Um, in regards to thinking at a high enough level, I wouldn't even necessarily say that I, I think at a high level. Maybe I just believe that certain things are possible, but I still surprise myself every day by what we achieve. And so I'm looking at it. I'm screenshotting it. I'm in awe. Um, I don't, I don't think that I just expect it to happen. I always feel like if I'm not getting sales at all times, I'm not sexy anymore. And so <laughs> it's like, I, I, I don't think that it's, it's, there's no shortcuts. I, I feel like every day is a grind. I feel like I'm broke. I hustle like I'm broke. I feel like I don't got shit. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not over here like, well, I'm this, I'm that. I got money invested because I don't want to, I want to live out of the gains, not the actual cash that I have. But I wouldn't necessarily say that it's like thinking at a high level as much as it's just getting obstacles that you've created for yourself out of the way. Because a lot of times people create these obstacles. What do those obstacles look like? They look like I need to get fancy. I need to get an office. I need to get a logo. I need to get a domain. I need to get t-shirts. I need to get all these things that we got now that we didn't have in the beginning. And I put it on a tweet. I was like, this part of my life is fancy later. We're invested in everything. I got started. I can get fancy now. Mm-hmm. And the fancy, I think, is going to take me further. And so, like, I'm just trying to polish the brand and make it even more clean, make it even more presentable, make it even more professional and elevated. I told I told. um Sheridan Layla, I was like, I don't want any any more small time guests. I was like, this show was built on bringing on the best. And so if we're bringing on people that people don't know, we're not expanding our show. We need people. And yeah, we have a lot of competition, but we got to aim higher. We got to set ourselves above other stuff. And that's why it's a show. Dame Dash told me it's a show. And so I'm going after everybody. I'm shooting my shot. Just like I used to do when I started, I used to shoot my shot. People who I didn't think I could get, I would shoot my shot. Mm-hmm. I was like, the girl who was on Breakfast Club, I'm shooting my shot. The girl who was uh, the the girl who traded on Wall Street, I'm shooting my shot. I'm like, I don't want nobody who you because for them it was a new endeavor. We put them in charge of doing it, and so I feel like they were doing and going after who they think they could get at their level, not at our level, not the Rashana and Charles level. And so we were getting some cool people, but like. I don't think we were getting like people that I would have aimed for. No offense to those people. I love them. Um, they had great interviews. I get it. But that's all I was saying. Um, I still like, I feel like we're still in the mud. And so to anybody who's listening, I'll say you don't stop the hustle. I spent the whole week watching courses and content, trying to become better, trying to get an edge, trying to figure out what other people are putting on the market as well. I spent the whole week, weekend, and so it's a grind. It doesn't, the hustle doesn't stop. People think it stops. People think that after you get on the other side that it's just easy, easy sailing, but it's not. The grind only intensifies and the grind only becomes more purposeful and more focused. We don't stop working. We just start working on the right stuff for the right reasons. Right, right. Now, 
you were just holding up the big bottle, the, the class A. We know you enjoy the funner things in life. Life is good right <laughs> life is good right now. You know, you got you got the you got the family, your wife, brand new son, you're building a house from the ground up, you know, you got office in downtown LA with the nice views and you had a tweet where you said, When you're living like this, they're supposed to hate. Uh, that's a little baby line. And I just think it's super powerful. Um, I just, I don't know. I, it, there's so much power in rap. And it's funny because, like, they, they, have, they deal with a lot of haters. They're very successful, but you wouldn't realize that they deal with a lot of haters. A lot of people, like, we only really see the glamour and the glitz, not the people they grew up with who have, like, opinions. Like, he didn't deserve to make it. He didn't even rap good. And I just tweeted it because we have a lot of haters and people who say these things and have these opinions, and it's because we're living well. It's because we've accomplished our goals. We set out, we did what we set out to do. And there's people who I left behind, not on purpose, but I left behind, and they're not going to be happy with you. And so, like Blacker Pockets, um, I left and I built my shit bigger. They should have realized what they had. I stopped asking for, you can't, you can't be successful and ask for permission at the same time because it's going to slow you down. Permission is just like perfection. Like, cause what's going to happen is you ask for permission. They're going to vet it through the window of perfection. They're going to say, well, this, 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 this. And so you might post something that rubs somebody the wrong way. If they're not in the business of rubbing people the wrong way, you're going to potentially lose out on the millions of people that you get to touch because you were letting somebody stop you. And so, I just, you got to embrace it. Rappers embrace it. Every rapper talks about haters. It's hard. But what I'm starting to do is I'm not looking for it. I used to, like, try to prevent them from talking. Mm -hmm. But now, it is what it is. They could talk. They could post. They could say whatever they wanted to do. I'm going to just act like it doesn't exist. Because most of the people that follow me and that I follow, they don't even follow those people. And if they do follow those people, I'm blocking them and I'm muting them. Because I don't, I'm not, I don't, I don't just block and mute the main culprits. I block and mute the people who associate with them. I don't care how big they are. And there's somebody I wanted to unfollow today who's pretty big. She's probably one of the biggest people that people look up to. And I was so tempted to unfollow and block her. But I didn't do it. I didn't do it. So I say all that to say that the hate's going to come, man. Don't try to avoid the hate if you want to live well, because there's some folks out there who don't want to do what you do, but they want what you have, and they're not going to do what you do. So all they're going to do is do what we're talking about. It's easy to talk. It's easy to hate. Hating is cheap. So that's why everybody does it, man. They do it because it's cheap. It costs them nothing. It doesn't change their their lifestyle to just fire off a few tweets, some misinformation, a few screenshots. Like it doesn't cost them anything. It costs them what ten seconds, and they can like, it it could cost you by responding and stopping stop working. But you gotta continue to work and continue to hustle, and not focus on what they gotta say. Do one last tweet. You said thinking that inclusion is power is a mental illness. Mm. I was somewhere. 
and I saw somebody celebrating like being the first black or something along those lines. Uh-huh. And I was like, at what point in time? What was it? Oh, it was um somebody hosted the VMAs, and they're like, this is the first black person to host the VMAs since blah blah blah. We should be celebrating this. And everybody was like, yeah, yeah. And I was like, y'all retarded. Y'all the same people who hate on white supremacy and then call white people supreme. That's what you're doing. Every time you celebrate being included, you're calling them better. You're saying, thank you for allowing us into your party. And I feel like there is something mentally wrong with that. I get very, I'm, people can call me a coon all you want but I'm very pro-black and in practice, pro-black in practice, not just pro-black on Twitter, not just pro-black when it's time to protest, mm-hmm. not just pro-black when it's time to punish white people. Like I'm pro-black cause I hire black people. I'm pro-black cause I help black people get money. I'm pro-black cause I married a black woman, have a black son and we gonna make it rock out. And I'm creating black wealth. <laughs> I married a black woman. I got a black son. We creating black wealth. Like, that's my pro-black. I'm pro-black through action. I'm not pro-black through telling white people what they should do to us, telling white people what they should include us in, telling white mm-hmm. people what they should build for us and give to us and do for us. Like, no, I put time, effort, and dollars on mine. And anybody who engages in anything that's not and expects to get some, some sort of results is mentally retarded. If you think that you're going to somehow educate your oppressor on how they oppress you and they're going to change their ways, you are ridiculous. We've been doing the same thing for years. It is a mental illness. It is doing the same thing, expecting different results. We've been trying it 40 years, probably longer than 40 years. It's probably about coming up on 100 years soon. Just trying the same stuff. Please be nice to us. Please, please do these things for us. Please realize what you did to us. Mm-hmm. And they know. They wrote the playbook on it. These, they ain't ignorant. They know. Right. You didn't know. <laughs> That's why it <laughs> happened to you. So I, I don't even share it to insult people or make fun of people. I share it for us to pivot and do something different. That's the only reason why I talk about this stuff. I talk about it because I wanted to win. And you don't win by following a failing playbook. And we've been following the failing playbook and we're like, well, maybe if we just run this play again, sweep right. Let's run that sweep right again. Oh, somebody got shot. I was look, I was so disappointed. I was, I was listening to something and they were talking about like, they quoted like, they said Philando Castile. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that's a name that nobody said in a long time. They just went about their day. Nothing changed. Right. An event happened, they protested and nothing changed. I don't live life like that, man. I live life by making change. I live life by making my actions mean something, not just by doing something to say I did it. And there's a lot of people out here who they don't want to do the hard work and the hard work looks like changing you, not them. And if we continue to, I mean, honestly, I think what's frustrating is I'm good. I was listening to our podcast with, uh, Chris Hogan, and he was like, y'all act like I'm just flapping my gums. Like, I do this in real life. I practice this. I'm good. My family is straight. I'm trying to help y'all. I'm already good. Right. 
That was a very you listen good. Listen, you could not listen. It was a very good episode, by the way. Thank you, sir. Absolutely. Once you get once you get Chris, you got to take it up a notch. Like we can't come down. Who we getting next? Right, right, right. That was a big one. I was nervous too. I, I just stepped into it. I didn't want to do it. I was scared, but I was like, let me just yeah. step on into it. Yeah. I didn't have my equipment. It was not a good situation. It's what frustrates me. And this is how I maneuver through stuff. I didn't have my equipment. We we're supposed mm-hmm. to do it on like a Monday. And then Rashawn mm-hmm. is like, oh, I can't do it because of blah, blah, blah. And so then I didn't have my equipment because I had to go home. I didn't go to work on my birthday. I stayed home because fuck that job. And then <laughs> I had to just I had to just wing it. I had to wing it. And you got to make the best of what you got, man. I didn't notice, man. I didn't notice anything. I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was, oh. I thought it was excellent, actually. Be quite honest. A lot of value in that episode. Thank you, sir. What episode is that? Uh, what number episode? I think it's one fifty-six. That and we are talking about Charles's other podcast, the first one, Big Brother Podcast. Todd, formerly known as the Todd Millionaire Podcast, now known as the Ogilvy and Scott Show. Yeah, for your last name, I had to, I had to add my last. I do a lot of stuff for my last name now. Oglesby Holdings, Oglesby and Scott Show. And in the beginning, I didn't want to do it because Oglesby is a different. Um, it's a different name, and so people they had hit up Rashana like, "How do you spell this? This is hard to pronounce." Mm-hmm. And Rashana's like, "I don't know. We should change it." I, like, I don't give a fuck what they think. I care about what my son is gonna walk into. Dame, I listened to, I take a lot from Dame Dash. And Dame was like, don't you think it would be great if your son's name was up there? Dash, whatever your name is. And I was like, I got to have my son's name on the wall. And quite honestly, Ty Capital might turn into Oglesby Holdings very soon. But you know what's funny? You're the first and only person I've seen with the name Oglesby. And it might be kind of hard to pronounce now, but like 10 years from, 10 years from now, it, it won't be common, but it'll seem common. Mm-hmm. You see a lot of these company names that you say them, and it sound the company names seem weird. But then you realize later on that that's actually somebody's last name mm-hmm. that just put on the company. You've been saying it for for years and years, and you know yep. how to pronounce. You know how to pronounce it. Yep. Because the brand, the name as a brand, is strong, and you've been saying it for a long time. But that's all I was telling Rashana. She kept telling me that I was like, "Look, get used to it." <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we'll get used to it. Yeah. I, I'm more focused on my son than I'm focused on appeasing, appeasing strangers. That changed my life, man. Focusing on him and not random people on the internet with opinion who will hate you, love you today, and hate you tomorrow, changed my life. Because they do people. I've seen people. I've seen pure admiration become rivals. Is what Jay Z said. Uh, I was like, I've seen pure admiration. People, anybody you see coming for me used to love me at one point in time. Right. Love me. Love me. Say nothing but great things. Every single one of them. Every single one of them. Mm. And with that, I got to get home because if I don't get home until 10 o'clock, my wife will be asleep. Peace. Take us out, Raphael. Yep, yep, yep. Wrapping up episode six, Trey, of Tweet Talk. Be sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow myself, Raphael, at Work Money Life. Follow Charles Oglesby on Twitter at Todd Billion. That's two Ds. 
and Billion. Follow Charles on Instagram at Todd Billion, also at Todd.Capital, and also at Bless a Black Man. Follow the podcast on Instagram at Tweet Talk Podcast. Be sure to check out our advertisers, investorsateam.com, home of the official merch of Generational Wealth. Also check out getlacelaces.com. Step up your wardrobe with brand new laces that will upgrade your entire outfit. Be on the lookout for the upcoming ebook from Charles and myself called Don't Be a Little Bee, Start a Little Business at gumroad.com slash tweet talk. Also be sure to go to toddcapital.com, pick up the new course advanced option strategy uh, and if you haven't yet get the uh, original option trading workshop we have so much coming episode 63 of tweet talk with Raphael and charles we are out Thanks so much for listening. We value your time. And that's why we want to give you the best sounding, best produced quality of content we possibly can. And this podcast you've been listening to has been edited and produced by yours truly. I'm Donald The Voice. I'm a 10 year voiceover artist, narrator and production specialist that wants to see only the best life giving, equipping and long lasting content be produced to help others. So if you have commercial video editing or other production needs, I love to talk with you. That's right. Visit DonaldTheVoice.com and hit the contact page to talk about how we can work together to bring your content to life. Okay, so you're not an email person. Well, you can also contact me on Instagram at DonaldTheVoice or on Facebook.com forward slash Donald.TheVoice. I'm looking forward to talking to you.